Calling all ninjas, calling... Wait, there's no <laughs> intro to this. Do we even say welcome to Lime Ninja Radio? <laughs> welcome back to Lime Ninja Radio. It's been a very long time since Aurora and I have created and released a podcast, and we wanted to come back and let you know a couple things. First of all, we didn't mean to abandon you if you're a long-time listener, although we did abandon you. That was not our intention. So I guess humble apologies Yeah. on our side of things. Yeah. I do have a bad habit of just disappearing when I feel like there's no path forward. And that's kind of where we were with Lime Ninja Radio. Listenership was drifting away. There were other podcasts out there. There were finally doctors coming online with more intensive treatment regimens. And when we be- and more understanding too. and more understanding, right? When when we started Lime Ninja Radio, we were still in the wilderness in terms of doctors even being willing to test. And I'm talking about not Lyme literate doctors, but your standard family practice medicine. And things have improved. Now, they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but even here in central New York, doctors are willing to run a test and they're willing to entertain the thought of Lyme disease. And the awareness in the community is as great as COVID at this point. Now, that doesn't mean that people understand it. It doesn't mean that we have good testing for it. Although there are good tests out there now, they're expensive. You have to pay for them yourself. They're not covered by insurance necessarily. But the options are out there. And because of that, we're going to pivot Lime Ninja Radio. A little bit. Dun, 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 big announcement. <laughs> no, quite a bit, I think. Okay. And this is what I mean by by pivoting. We're, the initial... Let's go. Let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> Lyme Ninja Radio was almost an accidental podcast. I was looking for information on Lyme disease, and I love listening to podcasts, especially during the summer when I'm mowing the lawn. And there wasn't anything. Well, that's not true. There was one podcast out there. It's Katina Macris's podcast, and it was a recording of her radio show, and it was okay. And I thought, well, if that's all that's out there, like, I could do that. And so I started Lime Ninja Radio. And there wasn't a grand marketing scheme along with it. There wasn't a way to monetize it. In other words, pay for itself or make money. So it was, yeah. it was an act of education on my part. And my thought was, why don't I just share my education with everybody else? We'll go on this journey together. And in doing that, over the years, how long did we do? Five years. Was it five years? 2017. 270-some podcasts. We helped some people through some very dark times. So when people with Lyme are suffering, not able to sleep late at night, we were one of the things that kind of got people through some tough times. And we've got some very heartfelt email saying, where'd you guys go? You know, you helped me when when nothing else was out there. And we appreciate that. And those episodes will all be out there. But now, especially in the age of COVID, 
and long haul COVID, whatever that is, which seems to be a lot like long haul Lyme, whatever that is, whether it's autoimmune or infection still, or a combination of the two, or opportunistic infections, or, or even, uh, what do I want to say, poisoning with mycotoxins, heavy metals, whatever the case may be, whatever the true mix is. And the, probably it's an N equals one. It's probably your true mix. So your long haul lime, that's not a bad phrase. Maybe we should start using it, steal it from the COVID people. The long haul lime, it, it's, it's a unique condition. And where I am personally and where my learning curve is, is staying relapse free. Now, I've spoken with several people now, and there seems to be a consensus that they hate the word relapse. And if you do too, you should probably let us know. <laughs> well, until unless unless we come up, it's a perfectly good word, and I understand it's a loaded word, because who the heck wants to relapse? Who wants to have that in their mind? It's you know, it's it's scary. It's a really scary word. Going back to Lyme disease is a terrible thought, and let's banish all terrible thoughts. We won't only want positive thoughts in our mind, not negative thoughts. But at the same time, it's a good word. It's in the dictionary and it explains in a very short period of time what we're talking about. So when we say relapse, we all know whether what we're talking about, whether we like it or not. Or not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so and if you've got a better word for relapse, we're open to it, happy to use it. However, uh, we're going to continue to use relapse because it communicates quickly and easily. And after all, I don't want to have to go into a 10-minute explanation of what I'm talking about when I'm in relapse, but not the end of the world or to scare people. But anytime we get sick again and with similar symptoms and sicker than we should be. And that's that's what a relapse is. And that's my focus for myself personally. And I thought, once again, let's be out there in kind of in front of the the parade, in front of the group of people. I know there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people out there who have had Lyme and many who have relapsed in some way. Now, I got Lyme, was it 15 years ago? More than that? More than Initially, that. maybe 18 years ago. And was sick like with the flu, like with COVID kind of thing, except no no coughing, and down for a few days in the middle of a summer and got a little bit of antibiotics and then followed up with some tesal root and some acupuncture and was pretty much okay. Maybe a little loss of stamina, definitely loss of hairline, but was okay for 10 years or so until, dun-dun-dun, until I was stressed, exposed to cold, and really, I think it was mostly stress. And then woke up one day, couldn't move my arm. And we actually have a, a, a earlier podcast. We have about po right. We have podcasts this. about this, yeah. this this relapse episode, and it was miserable. Um, after the initial shock of not being able to lose <laughs> lose my arm, use my arm, uh, it didn't hurt in the beginning. But then it then it started to hurt. Whatever infection attacked my nerves, 
And who knows, right? Was it Bartonella? Was it Ehrlichia? Was it mold? Was it a virus? Was it Lyme itself? Who knows? We'll never know. We don't have the sophistication to know. But the, the point is, once you figured out it wasn't a stroke and got checked out by orthopods and the ER and urgent care and everybody else, oh, and the, the neurologist too, everybody just threw up their hands like you've been through and went, well, it's not an injury, but it's injured and uh, good luck healing because there's really nothing we got. And so at that point, Right? You're doing your best just to recover. And that was a three-month process. And I don't want to ever want to go through that again. And then Aurora was my right-hand person. She helped me do some barbaric acupuncture-type treatments. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Euphemistically known as wet cupping was one of them, which means bleeding with the assist of some cups. So you, you make some tiny little incisions into the skin and then use some suction to to draw out the quote-unquote bad blood and it really is bad blood if you look at it it's it comes out like jello as opposed to blood yeah, it's nasty it's it's nasty uh met hemoglobia i think did i say that right met hemoglobia or something like that so it's the 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 red blood cells are hypercoagulated and they're not carrying oxygen very well. So if you can get that blood out of the area that's infected, you can get fresher blood in and hopefully some better better blood flow, better immune system flow. Yeah. Anyway, I'm digressing. Goes to say. Majorly. We re he relapsed. We never want to go through that again. And, and so I've been looking at my own health, and it, it comes down to the basics on staying healthy. And especially now when we've, I, th I think we've moved into the age of infections with the awareness of COVID. There was an article about LSU, where they're, they're calling it the frat flu down at LSU. And it's really just kids, excuse me, college age students. They're not really kids anymore. College students coming down with the cold. But everybody's in a tizzy about it because of COVID. And in some ways, COVID has leapfrogged Lyme, but it's, it's going to help us because we're monitoring different types of infections. And they're, they're all confused on there. Well, it's not COVID and it's not mono and we don't know what it is, but it's, it's terrible and must be stopped. And, and if this was 10 years ago, they were saying, well, drink less, sleep more and eat better. Right. And then you won't get sick. I mean, it's pretty simple stuff but now because of covid they're trying to figure out well what exactly is this infection and that can only help us with lyme disease and well especially rec recovery from covid can only help us with lyme disease what do you mean by that um in that people have a greater understanding of long-term or effects of being sick even for only a short period of time we now uh. have Right, the Evidence. long haul COVID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These long haul COVID guys. It's like so the the heart disease, the other effects yeah. that we're seeing from long term COVID. Yeah, and it's you know it it points in the direction of a of a common immune reaction, and again the question is always: Is there an active infection driving this immune reaction, or is it more at this point like an autoimmune? And I don't think. I don't think that matters at this point from the clinical point of view. I think it does matter 
from a research point of view and in Western medicine. But if you're taking care of yourself, calming down your immune system or supporting your immune system, it's the basics are the basics, no matter what. So I think that's that's the good news. So we don't need to know yet. I thought for sure, I mean, I remember starting off and reading about and hearing about projects from companies who are going to revolutionize luck excuse me, Lyme testing. And it still hasn't happened. And that's really frustrating. Now, Igenix has a good series of tests. There's no doubt about that. There's some other PCR tests out there. Good. Not, no one test is perfect, but they're, they're pretty good tests out there now that are testing for, there's some Chimera out of, Chimera tests, protein tests out of Hygienics. And so what that means is that they take a bunch of different proteins from a bunch of different versions of Lyme disease and they put them in the same antibody test. Now, we all know that if you're not making antibodies or the antibodies are all bound to other proteins in the body, they're not, you're not going to test positively for things. Um, the other thing we're learning is that mycotoxins, oxalates, other infections can play a massive role in Lyme disease. They go hand in hand. The, the body's immune system becomes weakened by either mold or Lyme disease or both. And then you know, Lyme disease is like the leader of the parade. It's like the, the music man and gathers all the other infections underneath it. And they start having a parade inside your body. And that's what makes it so tough is that it weakens the body's own systems of rejuvenation and repair. And my point, the long point, we're getting to this, is that even when you get over the main symptoms of your Lyme journey, and again, when we say Lyme disease, we mean Lyme, Bartonella, Babesia, mold, whatever is involved, right? We say Lyme, we don't just mean... uh, we don't mean Borrelia. Burgdorferi, right? One, we're not, like, again, it's kind of like saying relapse. We we don't, as once we have a better term, you know, tick-borne infections, but it's even more than that. You know, there's definitely an autoimmune component to it. There's definitely the mold component to it. So whatever this is, Harwitz calls it MSIDS, right? But that's, I don't know, that's kind of like chewing on marbles. We, we need a better <laughs> term. So no offense to Horowitz. He's got the right idea. But uh, the, the terminology in you doesn't like it. The marketing, right? It's like yeah, it's something like Lyme Ninja, like Ninja disease or something. Something easy, catchy, that's fun to say. So if you got an idea for that, let us know too. All right, where were we? Relapsing. Relapsing. No, but before that, multiple, multiple system inf- infection. <laughs> infectious disease. Anyway, we're talking about getting to the other side, I believe, of, of all this. And, and getting to the basics. And so once you get over your main symptoms, there we go. That's where it was. Once you get over your main symptoms, you're still not healthy. And that's the mistake I made. So I had very little symptomatology after my first three days, four days, five days tops with Lyme disease, right? I was symptom free, like woohoo. Like, oh, yeah, Lyme disease. Oh, yeah, you get a few antibiotics. That's when I believed all the all the public health stuff, the current public health stuff, or the previous public health. Lyme disease is hard to catch, easy to cure, and then you're done with it. 
So it just went on my merry way. And even after doing this podcast and hearing about people relapsing and the troubles that they had, I didn't have a system for monitoring my health. And that was the issue. So there, looking back, there were warning signs. And I'm sure if I were tracking things like HRV and my sleep quality, I would have noticed a steep and precipitous decline that set up my immune system to get clobbered. And clobbered is the right word because, again, initially, I lost three days. And that included over the weekend to, to Lyme disease, maybe five days total, but I don't think it was. I think it was more like three. Anyway, I lost three months to the relapse and it was three months of misery where I couldn't sleep. Uh, I had pain, you know, wake up in the morning in tears, basically saying, oh God, you know, here we go again. Um, you know, not being able to fall asleep at night, find a comfortable position for my arm because it just hurt all the time just this gnawing nerve pain and that that was no fun (laughs) gave me great sympathy for people who are dealing with chronic Lyme disease over years you know much longer than I had and and just you can understand suicidal ideations and just the despair that can creep up and overcome you, uh, especially late at night when you're the only one up and nobody's around. Or I can't imagine not having a supportive family or supportive friends around you, people who've abandoned you and that type of hurt and despair where you are truly, not only do you have the, the problems with the neuroinflammation of the Lyme disease itself or the pain, the arthritic pain from Lyme disease, whatever the case may be, but then to be abandoned and have the social pain, just just unbelievably brutal. Hopefully, we're through most of that. And people, there's enough Lyme in the news that people say, oh, yeah, Lyme disease is terrible. Uh, in the beginning, man, just these stories of marriages breaking up and people losing friends and family, just absolutely brutal. And the point is, <laughs> Circling back around. Have you, missed, have, have you missed me and my crazy popcorn mind? The point is to prevent relapse. So to develop a system, a scoreboard, so you can tell whether you're winning or losing with your health quickly and instantly. Right? Not something that you have to go and analyze and look over stats and be confused or go see your doctor to get more tests done. Something you can do at home, something you can put on the refrigerator or scoreboard so you can look and say, are you winning or losing? Right? I spent 20 years coaching lacrosse. It's very simple. The scoreboard had the points. Are you ahead? And how much time is left? And that's, you know, that's what you need basically to coach is like, what do we need to do to get the scoreboard in the right? configuration. (laughs) We have more goals than they do. And how much time do we have left to do that? You know, either defend the lead or to try and create a lead. And and that's what I'm interested in working with you to create. So this, the previous podcast, well, I'm probably going to make Aurora, and she doesn't know this yet, catalog the earlier podcasts and group them into subjects. So, for people who have or who are still working their way through Lyme at various stages, whether it's just, oh, I just caught it two days ago and have uh, very mild symptoms or I'm chronic, I've been dealing with this for five years, to put podcasts together in, in a grouping. And we should have for each grouping 
50 podcasts. I mean, we have 270 some podcasts there to get you through that. But then this podcast is going to pivot to for people who've recovered to stay relapse free, to become relapse proof. So if that's something you're interested in, this podcast is going to be for you. I'd also like to hear from you because again, one thing that happened last time was that our listenership really started to fade and, you know, we changed some things up. We started doing videos instead of, and maybe lost interest too, but it, it was without the feedback coming back from you. It, it's a little lonely standing in front of a microphone and a computer screen and not getting the feedback. So please, if you're interested in this project, send an email to support at LimeNinjaRadio.com and just let us know you're out there listening and this is something you're interested in. I think even if you're a Lime long hauler, that this information will be useful because it's we're going to cover the basics. How do you get healthy? How do you recover your sleep? How do you make sure your sleep's on track? How do you dial in your diet? You know, what are the basic nutritional support that you need? You know, should you be looking at your genetics? How do you clean up your environment? How do you clean up your mind? Right? We've been traumatized by Lyme and our cells. I'm calling it cellular PTSD. We have mental and emotional PTSD, but we also have cellular PTSD. So small things can set us off. So those of you who are afraid of the COVID vaccine, I hear you. I get you. I got the vaccine. I wasn't particularly worried about it, but that's your, should be your choice, right? Your immune system, you know it better than anybody else out there. There shouldn't be somebody telling you, you must get the vaccine. Well, we've all heard the horror stories of people getting vaccinated and having either Lyme triggered or relapse triggered. It's awful. So to have some government official telling you they know what's best for you and in order for the entire country to be better that you need to get vaccinated is just it's 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 tyranny, let's call it what it is. And it's it's bad medicine on top of it. And that's what Lyme has revealed. COVID has pulled us even further in that direction. But once again, we get all the bad actors uh, telling us what to do. The same group of people who are screwing things up for Lyme have in some way screwed things up for COVID. And they're just, there's money interest involved behind this. You know all this. I don't have to tell you. So, Aurora, let's let's wrap this up. We're going to be coming back once a week. And we'll let you know what we've been up to. I've been doing other things behind the scenes, helping train other practitioners to be able to treat people with complex illnesses like Lyme disease. So I've been doing that. Aurora's getting trained in natural medicine, which is kind of cool. And we'll fill you in with that as well. But in the meantime, please just send me an email. Just let me know you're out there to support at LimeNinjaRadio.com and just... Tell me what you think. Tell me what you'd like us to do, what you'd like to cover. If you're still struggling with Lyme, if you're over Lyme, tell me what what you are working on on your Lyme journey. And I think this is a journey that's never ending. I mean, that's that's my bottom line here after the relapse that I had a few years ago. It's you can't just ignore your health and just say, thank goodness I'm over it. 
never as, have to worry. And never have to worry again. Hope is not a strategy. You need a way of monitoring your health. And there are ways to do that. We're going to talk about that, uh, put together a program that you might be interested in, but more about that later. So for now, first of all, sorry for stopping without notice. Number two, we're back. Number three, we're changing things up a little bit. We feel we can cover all the bases based on our past work and where we're going forward. So this is going to be the podcast for people who've recovered from Lyme. I would say 80% better, maybe not 100%. 80% better and are looking to finish that 20% and also prevent the dreaded, wait for it, wait for it, relapse. And I understand if you hate that word. So thanks all for your loyalty. Those of you who are longtime listeners and picking this up right away, thank you so much. And maybe some new people who are starting to join us, welcome to the Lime Ninja Radio world. We're happy to have you. Happy to have you. And thanks. And thanks.